crimes because I'm all about value. Bert Camper's got the mad hits. You try to match wits, you try to hold me but a bust through. Gonna make a break and take a pick. I like a sink and they can shake. I like vanilla. It's the finest of the flavors. Gonna see the showcase and you'll know the vertigo is gonna go because it's so dangerous. You'll have to sign a waiver. Can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad? Trying hard not to smile though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean. Well, you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Threw your arms in the air and said you're crazy. Five days since you tackled me. I still got the reference on both my knees. It's been three days since the afternoon. You realize it's not my fault, but a moment too soon. Yesterday you'd forgiven me. And now I'll sit back and wait till you say you're sorry. Welcome to Talking Giants, boys and girls. We're one week, less than a week away from the NFL Draft. We're presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Justin, on today's podcast, we're going to go through a segment. We're going to finally find a name for it. We're going to talk about linebackers, which means we're finally going to go have an in-depth conversation about Isaiah Simmons, which, by the way, we recorded, and I'm proud of, of what we did. I think we had a really good conversation about him. Justin, there's a couple things I want to get to, but... This is, I know people are going to think this is me trying to be funny, and it partly is, but I have a serious question for our listeners, because I didn't want to Google this because there wasn't a great way of Googling it, and I felt like if I Googled this, it'd be a bad answer, but can you take too many vitamins or too many different types of vitamins? Because I've turned, like, no, not to brag, but I've been losing weight, and I've been buying different types of vitamins every time I go to the store. So now I'm up to, I will take, with dinner, I will take flaxseed oil, fish oil, Calcium, iron, B12, apple cider vinegar, and vitamin D. So that's seven different types. I mean, I'll ask your opinion, but this is mostly to our listeners and more so Manny because he has been the one who's been worried about our safety before. Yeah, I'm. I'm not particularly. There's a. There's a few things I'm not confident in. Like, take for example this. I'm not confident in my ability to be likable, but I'm also not confident in my ability to give medical advice. And hey, you're not a doctor. <laughs> as I've been told by my critique of Sterling Shepard catching a football one week after he broke his thumb last year during training camp, I've been told I'm not a doctor. But, Bobby, I will say I've been witness to a lot of my friends who are into fitness and they're chugging this, the, the pre-workout that makes them that's that might as well be cocaine that makes you super hyper. And then the, it does stuff to the muscles. And if you're taking vitamins, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world compared to what other people do to their bodies on like an everyday, uh, everyday like occasion. Right. Now, good for you for losing weight. I want to punch you um, because I have not like started that whole process. Also, because training camp is not going to be a thing, so I, I have you a got, whole you got a other. Loophole. You got a loophole. I have a whole year to. Uh, get into like i have a i have a podcasting body right now i have a whole year until i have to worry about having a camera ready body yeah um you know like the vitamin d that's for that's for the the tan you know i'm down here in the sun i like to get my tan um the b12 i don't i'm guessing it's the b12 i won't get into details but i feel like that changes a few things anyways oh yeah i'm just saying anyways I, i guess that's it before we get into news, I want to announce this, and then we'll get right into the podcast. We are starting um, another competition, prize, drawing, whatever. Put a rating and review on Apple, five-star rating and review. If you don't have an iPhone, text someone you do and be like, hey, here's a link to this. Please leave a five-star rating and review and send me a screenshot. Take a screenshot of it. Send it to us on whatever uh, social, uh, social media you use and follow us on. And send it with your address. 
and you will automatically will send you uh, a Talking Giants magnet and a couple of Talking Giants stickers, and it'll enter you into a competition to win one. There'll be there will there'll be two winners. We'll get one of this Eli Manning shirt that is not coming out until uh, the draft, so we're we're waiting to put it out. And then two a Talking Giants hoodie. Uh, that will be the second winner. So you're automatically getting something free, and then you have the chance to win a T-shirt or a hoodie. So just do that. I mean, it takes 30 seconds. Review rate. We don't ask like crazy, so we wanted to ask at the beginning of this show. We're, important question. Okay, and I'll give you a hopefully important answer. If you win the hoodie and or the shirt, is there a chance that you could either win both no. the hoodie and or shirt? If no, oh come on, that's that would be cool. No. If you just swept the whole thing. That's not fair. I w- we want to get multiple people involved, Justin. People would start questioning us and be like, okay, the fix is in. They just pick their, they put their their friend's name in the hat 20 times and they just want to give him a free a free shirt and hoodie. That would be true because it's almost as conspicuous as the process that I took of picking the winner out of, out of a toilet bowl. This time will be less graphic. We'll probably do it on one of our live streams during the draft. So that was gross. I know. I didn't honestly. And it also I, was right. It, I made you do it, but when you did it, I was like, I wish I didn't make him do that. That's disgusting. Hey, I'm willing to do whatever is possible for this show and for the success of this show. Want to start working hard? How about that? Wow, but um, but that was like right before coronavirus like really became a thing, and oh god, that felt like a million years ago. But also, it wasn't that long ago. That was disgusting. All right, I also have an important piece of news that I need to get off my chest. Get it off your chest. If you're looking for like something to say in your review, also don't just rate us. Please leave us a kind review as well. Like it takes it takes 15 seconds, but it could be tough to think of a review. So if you need to think of something, I want you to rate this Dave Gettleman impression on a scale of one to 10. Can somebody get me the analytics people on the phone right now? The clapping at the end was Jason Garrett. I will say I hate your Dave Gettleman impression, but I was impressed by that one. Thank you because it was associated with the video. So shout out to Big Dogs Gotta Eat, a very good fantasy football content providers. I was a part of a skit that they did on things that could go wrong the day of the virtual NFL draft. And they asked me to be Dave Gunnelman, knowing that I study this man's nature. I study his his character. I study his voice. I study everything about him. I just, you know, I just did a freaking breakdown video on Dave Gunnelman that did pretty well. Shout out to John Boy for giving me the retweet. So I study every fiber of this man's body, and that was gross. And I did uh, the Dave Gunnelman impression. It also was with the video, so I had my glasses on with the shirt and tie and blazer. And speaking of blazer. It was a good video. I liked it. Yeah, speaking of blazer, Jay Glazer. Now, we usually don't go into like NFL news, but because Jay Glazer has been so closely associated to Giants news, unbelievable. For anyone that didn't see it, and Jay Glazer, he is like the guy who doesn't miss. And when he does break, like he's not a volume shooter. When he sh- when he shoots, it's a three pointer every time. He says, "I'm on my new show. I'm going to have huge breaking news. This is going to be real deal, big stuff." So like everyone thought it was going to be huge, and then he came out and said it's not going to be transactional. So then we're like, okay, this is going to be some kind of league news, like the drafts being pushed back. We thought it was going to be something crazy, and then. I started being like, okay, like how big could it be? Because then somebody else would have that information. I, I was just confused. Right. But I also don't doubt Glazer because he has been one of those guys where he has something like he was the only person with Spygate. It could have been huge stuff. 
And he comes out and just announces that one a Rams player is the first player to get coronavirus. And it was for his new show. I was blown away that he did that. And Jay Glazer's not a clickbait type guy. I was blown away that he did that for his new show. I, I can't believe he thought that was going to go well. It was just distasteful. If I have to put it in a word and a take that maybe nobody has had. With where like we are as a country and where we are as a sports world now compared to when the Rudy Gobert news came out, it was still like a lighthearted, like, ah, crap, Rudy Gobert, what are you doing with touching all the microphones? And, you know, it caused the whole NBA to kind of shut down and it stemmed to all these teams with the between the Jazz to the Celtics and then a few players on the Nets got it and blah, 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 blah. That news was big because corona, it, coronavirus was still like a new thing at that time. Now it's like, okay, uh, people are dying. <laughs> you know, not the only to, reason I to... won't say it was Justin is because one, people are breaking the news, and the fact that the Rams center was talking with him and was like, "Hey, I'll give you this information because Glazer makes those contacts." So that's why I wasn't like, "Oh, how dare you!" It was just like, "Really, dude? Is that like that's clickbaity and that's not who you are?" I think it's because we hold Glazer to a higher standard. I think that's why people freaked out. Yeah, I'm not like mad, but it was just distasteful and. Shout out again, John Boy and Jake Radio. They talked about this this morning as well, where they talked, they compared this to the situation where, um, what's his face? I hate him. John Heyman. John Heyman, a baseball reporter, he like credited Joel Sherman with breaking the news of recently one of the Steinbrenners died. He like had a. I saw that. I was like, why are you guys trying to break news of people's deaths? That's so weird. Just again, distasteful. And. Yeah. The media world of reporters and credit and professionalism and going about things the right way, what could be professional and maybe okay in that world, it's not okay in like the real world and reality. And like, is this really a thing that people need to hear? Number one, like if, if, if you're going to announce it at your 11 p.m. show, fine. But it was the hype behind it. And you already talked about that. Um, but what I will say, though, Bobby, and this is kind of directed towards Giants fans. Giants fans, because everybody thought that this was a, the, the, uh, an Odell Beckham trade again. Yeah, but he did he, him, he did come out and say it wasn't transactional. So that was like shut down by like one o'clock. But for a few hours there, Giants fans were once again celebrating, moving on from <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. like they won the freaking Super Bowl. I, I'm telling you right now, and I'm sorry if you're one of these Giants fans that celebrates the Odell Beckham trade. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm about to say this. But if the Giants ever win a Super Bowl, and we're still doing this podcast, and Twitter is still a thing, I better see you going absolutely bananas. I want you jumping in rivers. I want you licking random objects post-coronavirus because if you're celebrating this much over a trade that wasn't even official, trade that wasn't even official, I'm sorry I'm yelling, but if you're celebrating this much over a stupid trade and a stupid move that doesn't have anything to do with the Giants, what are you going to do when the Giants actually are good? You're a little triggered, dude. Why are you mad at people for being happy? Why are you mad at people because being it's happy? Stup- it's a stupid reason to be happy and a stupid reason to celebrate. It's just I'm firing sorry. off jokes, man. We're firing off jokes. I didn't. I saved mine for if it happened, but I was going to fire off some jokes. Boy, you little trigger boy. God, like what What if the Giants are ever good again? What are people going to do? We're going to remember that team like we remembered Super Bowl 42. They're going to go down <sighs> in history. I'm sorry. Hey, I apologize. Hey, when we got called dumb for a year, it's nice to be like, hey, um, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, who who laughs last, laughs best. Anyways, it boy, you triggered. 
I, tweet more about Odell Beckham. I love it. I'm completely against Justin on this on this subject. Now, speaking of something else we're against is the name of this segment that we do on Fridays, Giant Stories or Days of Our Giants. Justin, A through Z, give me a letter. Oh, what's my favorite letter? I have a feeling you rigged this. No, it's not rigged. I'm waiting on a letter. Um, K. My middle name is Kyle. K. Okay, since you said K... I'll go J. So I just put out a poll. two hours long, so people will not get to listen to this podcast before. Whichever one gets more votes will get... If it's K, the segment will be called Days of Our Giants, and it'll be settled. If it's J, it'll be it'll be called Giant Stories. Since um, you asked me first, you have to put K first. Well, how about we do a, another thing? On the count of three, we'll do rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and then we'll say our word. You ready? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we playing rock, paper, scissors, shoe? Yeah, but we're doing it verbally. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Rock, rock paper, scissors, paper, shoe. scissors, shoe. Rock. Paper. All right, I get first. You, out the that poll. was nope. Nope. Tweeted that out was... the poll. I tweeted out <laughs> was... the poll. The poll's been tweeted out. All right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Are we, are we, uh, Jay's got a one Wait, vote lead. You're... Wait, you're not allowed to say like Don't. you're not allowed to quote tweet no, that tweet no, and say not. vote J. Exactly, okay. exactly. Not allowed to even you're not allowed to even like the tweet or retweet it or anything. You know you have a cult and people will vote J. They don't know the <laughs> they don't know what it means. Um, if you well, were to tell people to vote J though. Yeah, then I'm not going to do it cuz it's going to be fair. I th- I figure that's I want to be fair. I'm a fair guy. All right, let's do the segment though. We won't, I won't even say both. And when I post it in the morning, I will, it will have its official name. Justin, are you ready to cue the music? Yes, let's cue the music. All right, Darius Slayton was driving his uh, car at a car show that would seem to be in the mountains. Blake Martinez, kid sneezed on him. It was... Kind of gross, but adorable at the same time. Drayvon Askew, Henry, officially signed his contract to the Giants because the XFL ended. Grant Haley was running up a hill with his dog. Dexter Lawrence was driving with his dog and then pushing a truck as a workout. Sterling Shepard was playing Call of Duty, did a live with Bob Menery, and he commented on the Talking Giants Instagram. Isaac Rosas was driving a four-wheeler in Arizona. Will Hernandez was wearing tacky pajamas. If you don't know what tackies are, you're not Latino. Leonard Williams was once again spearfishing and eating his kill and having the best life ever. Justin, what what of this piques your interest? The only thing that really piqued my interest was Will Hernandez. We need to talk a little bit more about that for the uncultured people. Which Do you know what me, tackies are? Which includes me. I'm uncultured. Do you know what the, so you don't know what tackies are? I or, or I can what I want them to be is like Will Hernandez in just onesie pajamas. Well, they are onesie pajamas, but it's, the tacky is the brand. It's this brand of like it's a snack. It's not a chip. It's almost like it's like a, I don't want to. It's like it's like rolled up. It's like it's almost like a mini straw that's a chip. And they are so zesty and put so much flavor on them. They're a little too much for me. They're not spicy or anything. Oh, I guess they're a little spicy. But there's just too much flavor for me. Like, it's just too zesty. Like, it's almost sour. I mean, they're pretty good. I'll have a handful when when uh, 
my Latino friends buy them. I, but I just, I've never went out of my way to buy them. I mean, it was it was a sponsorship, is what I'm saying. It was a sponsorship. Yeah, they sponsored him. Oh, I thought you I, for a second. I thought you were saying that they sponsored you Dang. in some. K kind of has way. a 70, 70 to seventy point six twenty nine point four with seventeen votes uh, total so far. I'm rooting for K. I don't did, think did anything else. I don't think your uh, no, nothing else piqued my interest. Like to be honest, I guess I like Dexter Lawrence. Well, this was probably the biggest um, of this segment in a while because I think people were like, okay, like I got to get my Instagram stories back up and popping. This is going to be a while, so people are figuring out ways to do it. Um, Darius Slayton, man, it looked like a pretty. Ooh, I think I might have just got Darius Slayton in trouble. He was at a car show, but it was in the mountains. It wasn't like out of place, so maybe they weren't touching each other. Maybe they were just staying in their cars. Yeah, we're the ones. We're the ones that's going to get Darius Slayton in trouble. Yeah, yeah. us. Yeah. Well, you know, you see, you see, um, Mike Florio get freaking out about anybody who like like sees somebody in public. Sterling Shepard commented on her Instagram going at a troll who said like KJ Hill was a more explosive version of Sterling Shepard. He's like, nah, check that. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, nothing else was super exciting on this list. Leonard Williams just continues to have the best life ever. Sign the freaking contract or sign a long-term something. I don't know. All right, Justin. It's time to look at the inside linebackers. This is a fun group to look at. Isaiah Simmons. We're going to lead off with a long conversation about him. Then you got Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. A lot of fun guys to look at. So without further ado, let's look at some linebackers. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, let's look at some inside linebackers. And you know what comes with the inside linebacker position, Justin? A guy we've been ignoring on this podcast because we've been going position by position and trying to not have the same conversation every podcast. But it's time. It's time to look at the guy. It's time to look at the six foot four, 238-pound inside linebacker who ran a 4.3940 with a 39-inch vertical jump, who played safety and corner as well as linebacker. In fact, he didn't play any of those positions. He had his own position. His name is Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. And he legitimately, Justin, played his own position. He was consistently lined up eight, nine yards off the ball. Like, And I've never seen that before. I've never seen that in a defense where a guy is like lined up there. I know people say like linebacker safety hybrid, but it's, it's really its own position. And you would think a guy like that when teams run the ball, that if they're going in his gap, that they're going to get four or five yards a pop, but because of his speed and ability to get off blocks, it would be like two, three-yard carries. Justin, he can do it all. He's got unbelievable speed that just destroys plays. He takes plays that would usually be a, a one-yard loss or a, or a zero gain and turns them into five-yard losses with his speed. He can get off blockers without even touching an offensive lineman. He could just flat-out juke an offensive lineman and then be behind him in a matter of, of half a second. It's really unreal to see. And he uses his hands pretty well, too. He's a good pass rusher. Like, you just put him on the edge and let him rush the passer, and he's going to do a good job doing that. I mean, might for the Giants, he could possibly be the best pass rusher from day one. He can play legitimate cornerback. Like, he can flat out play corner. Now, is he going to play corner in the NFL? No. But what he can do is split out wide and cover guys in the slot when you want to have Blake Martinez and Ryan Conley on the field at the same time. You can run like a a three three five, or you can run nickel without running nickel, putting him out there. And he flat out like was good covering wide receivers. You know, he's better in man coverage than zone, but that was just because he was awesome in man coverage. And for a guy with that kind of talent, 
He was surprisingly surprisingly patient. Usually guys with that kind of talent, they just go, 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 go until something happens. But he was really patient in filling holes and filling his gaps. Just in his stats in 2019, he had 104 tackles, 16 and a half tackles for a loss, eight sacks, and three interceptions. In 2018, he had 88 tackles, nine tackles for a loss, two sacks, and an interception. I mean, these numbers are unreal. Justin, the only thing I can say negative about the guy is that sometimes the guy, the the carrier of the ball, when Isaiah Simmons tackles him, gets an extra yard or two following forward. But he is a freak, Justin. He really is. There's parts of me that scare me because it's like, okay, how does all this translate to the NFL? But Justin, I think me and you are both on the offensive tackle train. But man, it's hard for me to not say Simmons because he's a beast. He does make this defense a lot better. And then once this defense uh, has younger guys grow and we do add, you know, another good player next year's draft or free agency, he could be like defensive player of the year worthy kind of stuff. Isaiah Simmons is a freak. And he is one of two players that I would just flat out celebrate being picked at number four. Yeah, no matter where we are in terms of, like I'm, I'm saying we, I mean Bobby and I, no matter where we are on the whole taking a tackle, trading down on this whole train that's going to be happening in six days from now, if Isaiah Simmons is a New York Giants six days from now, we are very, very excited. We're worried about other things, but we are extremely, extremely excited about the talent. And then the question comes, and I think what we're going to talk about right now, Bobby, maybe for a few minutes, is what the hell do we do with them? (laughs) Bobby, have we ever seen a college system run a 3-1-7 that is three down linemen, one linebacker, and seven like defensive backs, safeties, hybrid players, whatever you want to call them. Have you ever seen a college system that ran a 3-1-7 on like a consistent basis, on like a first and 10 to start a game? I don't know. I don't I don't study college defenses. But it, it I think it was more of like a 3-3-5, but because he was like he wasn't lined up as a safety. But I do see him translating to playing linebacker position. Now, will there be things he'll have to get used to of playing that linebacker position? For the majority of snaps, yes. But I also think Judge isn't silly enough to be like, hey, dude, you're going to be inside linebacker and that's all you're going to do. But that is what he is going to play the majority of his snaps. There's been talks about him on third down being an uh, edge rusher. I don't know when his pass defense is something where it's like that's where we got burned on third down a lot. But it's also one of those things where you can do both. And we got Blake Martinez, who's a good football player and someone that me and you both like and Ryan Connolly. You can do diverse things. Where, Justin, like I said, you can run nickel without having nickel personnel out there. Because then you can bring it. If they bring it in tight, you have three linebackers in there with Martinez, Connolly, and Simmons. But if they spread it out a little bit, well, then you just put Simmons out there in the slot. And it just it allows you to do a lot of different things. Obviously, I think people overemphasize versatility because it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, you line up and play and you play your position. But he is a guy you can ask to like actually play corner for – you know, a few snaps a game if you got them out, out, split out a little bit. Bobby, I, th- I just think it's tough, man. I think it's tough. I mean, you were you were talking back in training camp last year where they were just putting Julian Love between slot corner and free safety, and you were and you were not freaking out, but you were you were kind of freak freaking out over that, saying the guy can't learn two positions at one time. So I'm not saying you know you're saying put him out in corner for a few snaps. I just don't know if it's realistic at the next level for this guy to be doing so much and playing so many roles. I don't think it's him playing so many roles. It's just being like a linebacker that like 
I mean, the NFL used to be like that, where you would run more your base defense, and if they split someone else wide, you're you'd have a linebacker go out there with them. So I don't I don't necessarily view that as him like playing a different position. It's just taking a linebacker and splitting him out different. So that's the difference. And the problem I had with Love is that it wasn't like, hey, he's going to be this hybrid. It was, hey, we might play him at nickel, we might play him at safety. Where I was like, hey, he's going to play one of these positions. He's not going to be like he's not in game going to switch back and forth. So when I say playing Isaiah Simmons out wide, it doesn't mean, hey, Isaiah Simmons, you're going to be our nickel corner this week. It means just having a linebacker who you're comfortable putting out wide when they when they spread things out. All right, I got you. I got you with that. Now, what's interesting, this is a very well-timed episode on your part. Daniel Jeremiah came out with a report Thursday saying that Isaiah Simmons has in, now this is it's a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt, but he's indicated that Isaiah Simmons has told teams that he wants to be a rusher in passing situations. Now, Anthony Tomeno, a few weeks ago, when we were talking about the signing of Blake Martinez, and we were having that conversation on the podcast, and if Isaiah Simmons were to come on the team, uh, where does he fit in? Does signing Blake Martinez eliminate taking Isaiah Simmons in the draft? So we kind of had this conversation a few weeks ago, and Anthony Tomeno told me that, you know what, he can kind of line up as an edge rusher, and he can do that consistently. Now, that was pretty much the first I heard of it, but it's been picking up steam since then, so I think that's kind of funny. Shout out to Anthony. But Bobby, uh, do you think, is this a thing that could hinder where Isaiah Simmons is possibly taken in this draft because NFL teams just don't know where to put him. Because my small-minded brain, I'm having trouble visualizing that right now. Where you're talking about, hey, we can put him out and we can put him out at slot corner at time to time, even though he's still technically a linebacker. But also, he's indicating that he that he want that he prefers to be rushing the passer. So it, it just it's confusing me. My, I'm a small-minded fan, Bobby, and it's just confusing me on where this guy could fit. Well, Justin, he may want that. But that doesn't mean that teams are going to do that. And I don't see him slipping at all because we know G- NFL GMs, and every single one is like, man, if I can get a hold of that guy and fit him in my system, it'll be unbelievable. And especially this Joe Judge guy who has come from New England where they do use these guys in these versatile roles where they're not just playing one set position. So... The fact that he can rush the passer, yeah, you use that. But, and one, that's not a position where it's like, oh, I need to understand the concept. It's a position where on third and eight, it's just, hey, <laughs> yeah. you go line up there and you go and get that guy. So it's not like he needs to learn a new thing. And also, like, yes, will he probably be used like that? Yes. But I don't think he's going to be used like that, like consistently on a consistent basis. I think if you have, you know, seven, eight, nine, third and eights in a game, I think you do it like twice, and the other seven times you got him playing linebacker. Or you have him lining up on the line and then backing out, and it confuses teams where you don't know right. what he's doing. So I don't I don't worry about that. I really don't. I think a good coach will get the best out of him. And at the end of the day, his majority, the spot he's going to majority play uh, is inside linebacker, like five, six yards off the ball. Yeah. I'm excited to see, regardless of where he goes, I'm excited to see just how this plays out. Yeah. Because he, like like you said in your preview, he kind of did create his own position playing in between a free safety and a strong safety. And Anthony Tomeno breaks this down in the YouTube video, which he did with on Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is almost lining up in like a sprinter's stance in terms of where his feet are lined up. He's not lining up where his feet are level, where his feet are even with each other, like a, like a strong safety or a free safety was. So he's ready to pounce. 
coming all the way back at lining up by a safety, even though he's in the middle of those two guys. He is coming up and he is always ready to pounce in the running game, and he would make plays, like you said earlier, 10 yards down the field, which is insane, which is bananas. So I'm excited to see how this guy translates to the pro level. If we didn't have the tackle issue, I would be 100% saying, yes, I want that question to be answered with the Giants. But since we have the tackle question and Daniel Jones, we need to protect him. I kind of hope it's not. I don't want to get into the whole, who do we pick it for? Because like we said, when we did sign Blake Martinez, Justin, I think the Giants have prepared to pick an offensive tackle there. I think they're preparing on, like, on life without Isaiah Simmons. And I think the Blake Martinez uh, signing hinted at that a little bit. But like we've talked about, Blake Martinez doesn't make Isaiah Simmons not make sense, is what I'm saying. It just makes it it makes it makes more sense for them to pick a tackle. So, I don't know. We're going to talk about him next week when we do our mock drafts on our, our, our draft day podcast. So, I don't want to get – I don't want to do 20 minutes on Isaiah Simmons, especially when everyone's kind of done their own research on him. But he's fun. He is one of two players that I would celebrate picking, and I'm not giving the other one away, although I've probably already given it away with my tweets in the past. Justin. All right, we, yeah, you we, definitely you definitely have given it away. We got we got to move on. Who's the next linebacker in this group? All right, my first linebacker that I will be previewing is Kenneth Murray, 6'2", 241 pounds from Oklahoma in 2019. Murray in 14 games had 69 solo tackles total, 102 tackles, 17 tackles for loss and four sacks in my plus plus category flies around sideline to sideline and makes plays. Murray moves at one speed and one speed only, and that's fast. Explosive player. Could even keep up with wide receivers in open space if he wanted to. Playmaking ability as it relates to getting in the backfield and tackles for loss is impressive. Averaged 15 tackles for loss his last two seasons. Yeah, 2018, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss. And reminder, in 2019, he had 17 tackles for loss. That is insane. In my plus category, allows catches but limits yards after the catch. He's a master of sniffing out screens and bursting to make a play on the ball carrier. His explosiveness also translates to him rushing the passer at a high level as well. Not just from blitzing up the middle, but he even comes around the edge as well. Not many moves, but pretty solid bend for an off-ball linebacker. In my minus category, high completion percentage allowed, 106.6 passer rating allowed in coverage, but take these numbers with a great assault, since linebackers and coverage numbers may be inconsistent at times, but... He only has four pass breakups in three years, and that's a little bit of a red flag. He seems to react a bit slow in coverage at times, and his movement going backwards is much worse than his explosiveness going forward. Overall, turns 22 in November, so Murray is very, very young. He needs to work in coverage in terms of his anticipation and reaction to certain things that are happening around him, but he plays fast, he plays hard, he relies on his ability to read and react, and when he can do this, he is an awesome linebacker. I like the way you say fast. Um, yeah, he's fast. He's a he's a cookie cutter linebacker. If it wasn't for Isaiah Simmons, you would at the combine, he would have been like the talk of the combine from the linebacker group. Like you said, he's got good, really good speed, especially when he makes up his mind, and he puts a really good pop on offensive linemen. But like you said, the coverage worries me a little bit. Like he'll get thrown over him on play action where he's kind of takes an extra step or two, and he just doesn't have the greatest instincts in the zone. But but like you said, Justin, he's what turning twenty two. So that stuff, I mean, we have guys who are 30 years old and they can't get that kind of stuff down. So that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't like freak me out about him. But for that reason, Justin, that's why he's behind Patrick Queen for me. And because I just love Patrick Queen. Now, Justin, 
I was watching Kalevo and Chasen and watching some LSU stuff, and Patrick Queen would just have these plays that would make me like go crazy. I love them. And so I had this take ready. I had this take ready from that, and then I went and watched this game, and I had the resistance in this take. But I was ready to go and look at him and be like, this guy is the next Ray Lewis. I really was ready. Now, I watched his full games, and he's not Ray Lewis. Um, and then I went and remo- like looked at Ray Lewis, the Miami prospect, too, and reminded myself. It's like, okay, he's not Ray Lewis, but he's really good. Uh, he ran a 4 5 40, uh, 18 bench press reps, which isn't great, a 35 inch vertical jump. He's six foot, 229 pounds. Now, he's only a one year starter because LSU has turned into linebacker U. Um, and, and this past year, he had 85 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, three sacks, and an interception. So um, the, the tackle numbers aren't great, but nonetheless, he got production. He's unbelievably smart, and that was what the that was what was going to put me on to the Ray Lewis comparison because of how smart both those guys. And you can tell they're not only smart, but they prepare like crazy. You can tell you can tell on film that Patrick Crean prepares. Um, he diagnoses the run game unbelievably quick, and getting into his right gap and then hitting the hole. Like I said, when you said you could tell and watch film, you could tell in the zone. I I highlight. I did a breakdown a couple weeks ago on his interception against uh, Tua. I mean, it was just unbelievable zone recognition, route recognition. Something I haven't seen from a Giants linebacker ever. Like, it, it was it was awesome stuff, and he ended up intercepting Tua. He never overbites on play action, which is just, it speaks to his football IQ. The speed is real. I love his, like, the way of speed. Now, he didn't have great bench press reps, but there was times where he would just bench tackles off of him. So, like, I understand he didn't have a great bench press, but his play strength is there. He can play man coverage with anyone, so you don't have to worry about him with you know being in a tight end, uh, man coverage with a tight end or running back out wide. Justin, I like Patrick Queen a lot. If the Giants were to go into some kind of trade down situation, let's just say they were go with the Raiders twelve and nineteen, Patrick Queen would be my like. I hope to God he falls a nineteen guy. Yeah, he's smooth, very very smooth player, especially in in zone coverage. And I'm glad you brought up the bench press because. A lot of these guys, like, you know, we Bobby and I both preview different players, but we'll see some of the same players as we're going throughout. There was nobody that really, like, wowed you with bench press numbers. I At least I feel. At least the guys that I really looked at, it's like, oh, this guy didn't really wow me with his bench press numbers. But you'll still see on film, they'll make up for it at times. They'll make up for it at times with, you know, good extension and whatnot. And Queen is one of these guys that he does not get bullied from offensive linemen. So he has that great combination of a little bit of burst He's smooth in coverage. He's smart. And, you know, we, we talked about Murray's age. Uh, Queen won't turn 21 until just before next season. I like Queen. I like him better than Murray. It's uh, And I'm not just saying that because you're saying that. Yeah, Justin, I usually, usually now a little look into pre, uh, show production. Usually with the, these position groups, it's like, all right, like one of us gets the best player. One of us gets the second best player. I will be honest with my listeners. I was very greedy. And I was like, hey, I got Isaiah Simmons and Patrick Queen. Uh you can do whoever else you want. I wanted to talk about those two guys because <laughs> um, I really like Patrick Queen. I actually initially thought that Murray was the better player. Some people think he does. A, a good amount of people think Murray is the second best. Um, I, I think Queen is better. I think I don't know if it's the like LSU has just continued to put out these linebackers thing where it's like okay, it's it's scheme. But I, I like I agree with you. I do think Patrick Queen is better. Although a lot of people have Murray better. I also just think we're out like what we're evaluating as Giants fans right now because we're not evaluating as scouts we're evaluating as Giants fans it's like okay what could the Giants use 
And what the Giants could use is a smart linebacker who can play well in coverage, who is also somewhat of a good athlete. <laughs> That's kind of like what we need. We don't need a we don't necessarily need a field general who's physical. Now that that's great, but we don't necessarily need those things. So I think that's automatically it's kind of like what we're attracted to right now as Giants fans when we're evaluating this position. Okay, my next guy is. Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Shout out to Anthony Tomeno. Uh, he, he did some videos and he did some breakdowns on Twitter of Logan Wilson, and that kind of inspired me to take a look. So Logan Wilson from Wyoming, 6'2", 241 pounds. In 2019, he started in 13 games, had 62 solo tackles, 105 total tackles, 8.5 tackles for loss with one sack. And for, Patrick Mur- for Kenneth Murray, I did not say uh, how many interceptions he had. I apologize. Um, but Wilson had four interceptions, which is pretty darn good. He had 10 interceptions total in his career at Wyoming in his four-year career, which is pretty impressive, a total of 10. In my plus-plus category, plays like he has been launched out of a cannon. Insane explosiveness. He plays the game like a madman. His 10-yard split at the combine is within the 98th percentile of all linebackers, so he backed up his explosiveness at the combine. Part of what makes him so explosive is not just his athleticism, but his good play recognition. This shows up both in the run game and his ability playing zone as well. He is a great form tackler, and everybody knows how much I get pumped up by good form tacklers. He wraps up, he springs into ball carriers, and stays square through contact. In my plus category, he gets good separation from blockers. He's also a three-year starter and has logged a ton of snaps. Blows up blockers as a blitzer on 229 pass rushing snaps. He had 51 pressures in my minus category. He has a tendency to play high when approaching ball carriers and taking on blocks. That's something that I saw in a lot of these linebackers, and that made me kind of cringe because what's the cliche saying in football? Lower man wins. Also in my minus category can sometimes attack too early and pursue too early, which gets him into trouble in the run game. He's also not the best at shedding blocks. Also in my minus category, the level of competition faced at Wyoming was not great, and the defensive scheme he ran was not very elaborate. Didn't ask him to do too much in coverage. Overall, Wilson is a wild man. When he gets going, it looks like he was shot out of a cannon. I said the same thing twice in my evaluation, so I apologize for using the same, uh, what is it called, a simile twice. I cannot emphasize how much I want him to use his legs more and explode when his hips, when he tackles and takes on blocks. It would make his highlight tape pop that much more, no pun intended. But Wilson is an awesome player with high football IQ who could be a middle-of-the-draft draft option for the Giants. Yeah, and like you said, he's got the, all the production at Wyoming, been a three-year starter, and he's, he's just someone you can trust as like running, you know, being the quarterback of your defense. And like you said, he plays like with crazy aggressiveness, and that got better as he went on because he didn't always play like that. So it shows how he can develop. Because I remember when we, we talked about him with Nick Falado when he came on, and I, I the only thing I could find on him was like 2018 stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I see that. And then I watched the 2019 stuff. It's like, okay, this guy does like shoot out of the cannon. So I, I like Luke Wilson. Did I just call him Luke Wilson? Logan Wilson. You did. You certainly did. <laughs> Owen, Owen Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. I, I like Logan Wilson. I think he's a good player. Next on my list out of – Ohio State University, six foot three, two hundred forty-seven pounds. He a big boy. Malik Harrison. He ran a four six six forty, a thirty-six inch vertical jump, four three two shuttle. So pretty good uh, measurables. Now we're right now with the last four guys we've looked at. It's like, oh, look at this, look at this slowpoke. 
2019, he played 14 games, so 75 tackles, 16 and a half were for a loss, and three and a half sacks. In 2018, 81 tackles, eight and a half for a loss, two and a half sacks, and one interception. The thing that really stood out about him, Justin, was he's very handsy getting blocks off him. I think he might be the best out of all the guys I looked at out of using his hands to get guys off him. A lot of times they let offensive linemen get into their chest or they're trying to juke him. He was the best at like getting his hands on him and keeping and keeping it extended. So that was that was what uh, stood out the most. He was actually a high school QB, so you know what? We can talk about that for the next 10 years if we draft him. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a very – you know we will. Uh, he's an extremely smart player, very gap-oriented. Like He knows where he's supposed to be, and, and he gets there. Um, he's a good blitzer when he gets the go-ahead to do it. Like you see, you see when he blitzes, it's like he just becomes a faster player. It's weird. He's good, not great in coverage, um, mostly in zone. Justin, the thing that worries about me about him is actually his speed, even though I made a joke about it in the start. Because there was a times where a running back would catch a swing pass or a quarterback would scramble, and they would just beat him around the corner, and that worries me at the next level. Um, but there's there's good traits, but just the fact that a team will game plan. I mean, like the Patriots did with James White and be like, hey, we're going to get the ball to the running back all game because this guy, like we're going to beat him around the corner. So that would be my only like big worry about Malik. think he's a two-down player. And like, in, I'm, not, I'm not even asking you that as like a question. I just think he's a two-down player, especially at Ohio State. It didn't seem like they gave him like elaborate coverage duties. While he's like, a fu- we have to talk about him because the dude's like 250 pounds. We have to talk about him because that's like an insane size. But he, that's definitely a liability. It's if we're talking about the NFL today, it's an extreme liability to solely be like a two down, two down player. Especially the start. Especially the start out. I'm not saying like he's going to be a two down player for his career. But if if he were to, if the Giants were to draft him in, in a later round, we all know that if you play inside linebacker, you will start a game at some point if you're on the team. Ah, so yes, that, we would we would be talking about his coverage negatively in our week eleven recap uh, if if he if we were to draft him later in the round. But nonetheless, I think he's a good player. But like you said, he's he is limited in this coverage. All right, next on my list is Willie Gay Jr. from Mississippi State, six one, two hundred forty three pounds. Bobby Skinner, I want you to get out of your system right now if you have any jokes. Well, last Just week you said you like guys that look good in shorts. Um, is, mm. is he one of them? <laughs> mm. I'm just saying. I'm the best. I haven't seen enough New York Pauls jokes. I don't get the reference. Well, because the New Yorkers, like, you know, they're social distancing for another month or whatever. like, And they're calling it New York Pauls. And do you know what? I do have to teach the guy who's younger than me than what Pauls means. Yes, you do. It's like Because I'm an old man. It's like the new, like, people, you're not allowed to say no homo anymore. It's You say Pauls. Oh. Uh. Yeah. That's that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm not. I didn't create it. I'm just explaining it to you. <sighs> All right, uh, Willie Gay Jr. Pause. Mississippi State, six one, two hundred forty. Can I do one more pounds? Can I do one more? Yeah, go ahead. He's Willie. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. He's Willie Gay. All right, go ahead. Sorry, people mm. are going to be so mad at me, but uh, you know what? We're having fun. Dang it! I hope he's not a giant just for this exact reason. If, we'll make if we t-shirts. have to break down. <laughs> If we, oh, nope, if we have to break, uh, pretty sure John Boy the boss would appreciate that. Oh, yeah. If we have to, I'm break sure we're down gonna get nasty like, tweets, even though we joke about everyone. Anyone, go ahead. If we have to break down for like 25 minutes the day we draft him, Willie Gay Jr., which is you 
not being able to contain yourself. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may have to resign. High school jokes, okay? You know what I'm saying? I like to make... <laughs> Justin knows I make fun of them all the time. Anyways, go ahead. Played five games in 2019. We'll get to his interesting uh, previous history on why he only played twenty, uh, why he only played five games. But in those five games, he had 18 solo tackles, 28 total tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, no sacks, one interception. That interception went for 52 yards in the touchdown. Fun fact. But in my plus plus category, awesome in coverage. He's able to flip his hips well and keep up with skill position skill position players downfield. He had an insane combine. Now, Bobby, you said we would be talking about Murray's combine, but I have to tell you, if it wasn't for Isaiah Simmons' combine, Gay's combine would be the performance we would be talking about. 99th percentile in the 10-yard split, 99th percentile in the 40-yard dash, running a 4.46, 96th percentile in the vertical jump, 99th percentile in the broad jump, and all other drills were above the 51st percentile. These combine numbers are useful since Gay had limited snaps last year. He's another linebacker prospect with insane explosiveness. He also does a great job reading the quarterback's eyes, jumps, and attempts to make a play on the ball or the ball carrier. In my plus category, short area burst to close out on screens. Combine this element to his game and how he performs in coverage, his instincts are top-notch. He has impressive game tape versus Alabama and has a nice interception against Tua. He was able to read where Tua's eyes were going, wait for him to release the ball, and jump in front of the ball and make the interception. He's not a perfect form tackler, but understands that he needs to wrap up and drag his men to the ground. In my minus category, was not a full-time starter at Mississippi State due to him missing a lot of time this year. Only played 177 snaps. He was suspended for undisclosed reasons by the school. Needs to play with better control and balance when navigating between the tackles in the run game. He tackles pretty high and could sometimes take bad angles to the ball carrier. Instincts in the run game do not nearly match the instincts he has in coverage. But overall, I love Willie's game. He's fun to watch. He is an insane athlete. But what hurt him is that he does not nearly have as much game tape as he should. He was suspended once for the usage of an academic tutor, but there were also reasons that his suspensions were not made public, like I said before. Depending on what teams can find out from their own evaluations, this may remove him from teams' boards, but he is what you're kind of looking for out of a modern-day linebacker, somebody who has lower body strength, who can run like a deer and cover in space. Yeah, he plays like with unbelievable speed and instinct. I know there's been some things about like character-wise with him, so he does play kind of reckless, um, and he'll get himself in trouble. But yeah, he he plays wild and fast, and I always err on the side of that. Can I tell you something? Tell me something. He was my favorite linebacker. Like favorite or best? Uh, do you like him better than Patrick Murray? I kind of do. Yeah. Just like just I think you're just like tape wise, you do. I mean, you you want to hear a cop out for for quote unquote scouts upside because you can never be wrong with the guy's upside. Yeah, that's true. So that's what I'm talking about here. All right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's. But if he let's uh, here, here, hot take. All right, I'm sorry. I know we're running a little long. Hot take. If Willie Gay, Willie Gay Jr., had a full season's worth, he would be evaluated as a better linebacker than Kenneth Murray, and possibly on the same tier as Patrick Queen. You know what? I don't hate it, Justin. Go out and say it with your chest, because guess what? Every year, there's guys who are ranked sixth, seventh on the list, and they end up being the second best that year or the first best. So say it with your chest. I appreciate it, Justin. Willie Gay to the Giants. All right, let's let's bust through these last ones real quick. We're not allowed to talk about the other person's guy. We're just going to go quick. My okay. guy, Troy Dye out of Oregon. He 
will not die. He will make the offensive player die because he's good. He's six foot three, two hundred thirty-one pounds. Now I went and watched the Washington game, and I was like, he doesn't use his hands at all. And then I I read later. Uh, the reason he didn't participate in the combine is because he played four games with a broken thumb and a partially torn meniscus. Oh, uh, maybe that's why he wasn't using his hands great. Bobby, don't judge a guy off one game. So I went and watched more, and he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, his stats in 2019 at 84 tackles, nine and a half for a loss, two and a half sacks, two interceptions. 2018, he had 109 tackles, six for a loss, one sack, one interception. He had five career interceptions at Oregon. He's very quick. And smart in his reads. He's a coverage linebacker. He's good in his zone. He reads guys' eyes. And then when we talk about it all the time on the show with linebackers and zone coverage, he knows when to turn it into man, and he does a good job of it. Um, in man coverage, he can be a little too aggressive, so double routes from the running back will get him. But that's something that's very teachable, and he has the athleticism to stick with running backs. It's just that he's a little aggressive sometimes. Now, I wrote down, doesn't blow up blocks. Uh, he tries to finesse. Part of that was his broken hand. So he knows how to take on blocks. He's a sideline to sideline ability. The thing is, Justin, he is very skinny. Like he he looks like a he looks like a tall safety out there. So he needs to fill out a little more. But like what you said earlier, we're looking for guys who can defend the pass. Troy Die will do that. He will make your passing game die. All right. Next on my list is Clay Johnston from Baylor, 6'1, 227 pounds. His stats from 2019. He played in six games. We'll get to why he only played in six games. 35 solo tackles, 58. Total tackles, eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. In my plus-plus category, forget being undersized. Johnston plays the game like a madman and does not hesitate when making plays on ball carriers or taking on blockers. He acts like he is the bigger man in the battle. He has a nice blend of physicality and instincts in both the run game and in coverage, recognizes and anticipates routes well in coverage. In my plus category, good burst helps him recognize and attack screens. I know it's overstated, but this guy can really perform well on special teams because of his ball-to-the-wall play style. In my minus category, he is undersized, but that doesn't concern me. He can add muscle mass at the pro level. Only participated in the bench press during the combine because he suffered a season-ending knee injury six games into this year, and he's also had injuries in 2017 and 2018. No bueno. That will be a huge reason why he falls in this draft. While he has good instincts, he can sometimes guess wrong, and that gets him into trouble, and he also doesn't have insane explosiveness. Overall, for a day three project, Johnston has very high upside. Gettleman has been careful not to repeat his mistakes in Carolina by investing in guys that may have a little bit of an injury history, but with a talent like Johnston sitting there day three, you never know, DG might be tempted. All right, last on my list, Davion Taylor out of Colorado, six foot, 228 pounds, ran a 4'4", 21 bench press reps, 35-inch vertical jump. He's got a kind of cool story. I won't go on to it. If we draft him, I'll go into it. But he didn't play high school football. So he went to JUCO, played a couple years, and then transferred to Colorado. In his last year at Colorado, he has 72 tackles, eight tackles for a loss and one sack. So the stats aren't great. But Justin, he is the definition of a guy with potential. Because he, I mean, he like the combine says he has speed and he has the speed to split out in the way I was talking about Isaiah Simmons earlier. In fact, that was kind of his role half the time. Like it was this weird like nickel between nickel and linebacker position. But it was, I think they called it like a star backer or something. There's so many different types of backers nowadays. You know, you got rovers, money, star. Um, what I, We got to think of our own type of uh, linebacker, by the way. We'll drop that down for an offseason project. Um, he's great on man and man coverage against tight ends and running backs because it's just like, hey, 
got, get this guy. He's got all the traits to be a really good linebacker, and he's aggressive with the with the flow of the play. A lot of times with these guys that don't have experience, they're not very aggressive and they don't flow well. Tay Davis was one of those guys where I thought he had all the ability. He just needed to be a little more aggressive and flow with the ball. He needs to use his hands better. He doesn't use his hands great, but Justin, he just he needs to get better technique wise, reading deep offenses. Um, but like I said, he's been he played two years at JoCo and then two ones at the University of Colorado, and that's his only football experience. So it's not only an upside guy; it's an upside guy who it makes sense that he could improve a decent amount. All right, my final guy for today, Dejon. I probably said that with a French accent. Dejon Scuda Harris. From Arkansas, from Arkansas, six foot, two hundred and thirty-four pounds. In twenty nineteen, played in twelve games, fifty-two solo tackles, one hundred and one total tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and one sack. In my plus plus category, his mother nicknamed him Scooter, which is like the coolest thing ever. He must have a great mother, which means Scooter his character Harris. is awesome. I love that name. I know we're not supposed to be talking about each other's guys, but I love the Scooter Harris. I also do love it. That's why I put it in my plus plus category, Bobby. <laughs> I like. That. Unlike the previous. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty mean. Unlike the previous linebackers I previewed, he is not as explosive, but he is physical, and he wants to play as physical as possible. He uses his hips to explode in the ball carriers and blocks. It was refreshing to see someone utilize the lower half of their body. In my plus category, he flows with blocks well and diagnoses plays well. He's a powerful player who can work through blocks. In my minus category, he doesn't bend like these other type top linebackers, and he doesn't have the same speed or lateral movement. Doesn't have the best overall vision to avoid blockers and allows blockers to easily come into his frame at times but even though he is he can fight him off pretty well but he still allows him to come into his frame overall giants have already interviewed scuda and to be perfectly honest with the giants going out and signing martinez instead of joe sherbert Corey littleton or jamie collins it tells us that they really do like these physical kind of linebackers i hope they can find a more athletic linebacker in this draft because harris is being evaluated as a guy who is going to have to earn his stripes as a special teamer harris has good tape for a lower end of the draft guy but if we are but if we are talking about the NFL today, there are other guys who would just fit that mold better in terms of their versatility and ability in coverage. All right. We just did a show. We just did a show, Justin. I think it was a pretty good one. All right. So we will be back on Tuesday. Now, have you? if you guys have probably noticed that we don't do, we haven't done any mock drafts, well, guess what? You're going to get your plenty of fill of mock drafts next week. Have some a special thing coming out Monday. Can't I can't announce it to Sunday night, but we'll get we will give you a sneak preview. Tuesday we will have an episode out previewing the office of tackles um, and whatever news happens that time. And also on Tuesday, me and Anthony will be doing a video. Anthony's gonna put together his mock draft and we're gonna do a video going through it on YouTube. Wednesday, Danny King will have his mock draft blog out. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that. And then Thursday. It's draft day. We'll have an episode out. Me and Justin will be going through our mock drafts and talking about whatever's on our mind that day. And then Friday, we will have uh, an episode out for your morning commute after the first round. And we'll be doing live streams. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll announce more as as everything comes along. But we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.